Hi, this is John Harcher, and welcome to episode 28 of Valleys of Numenor. The Anacreans have gotten off Terminus. Was this all part of Harry Selden's plan? And where's Gal in all this? Wasn't she supposed to be a big part of it? Episode 28, Foundation Episode 7. And I'll tell you a story of mysteries and martyrs and men. Da da da. Little Doors reference there. Hugo's ship has reached the Anthor asteroid belt. He used to work there, but when Thespis got cut off from the Empire, the industry just broke down. Turns out there's a big ship right there in the middle of the field. The Invictus is there as promised. Lewis and the others tell the Anacreans they won't be able to get on board, but Farrah has a plan. The commander has Imperial nanobots in his blood that can operate anything from the Empire, so she cuts his hand open. It's still dangerous the wreckage of two ships sit right nearby. As they all prepare to head to the ship, the Foundationists plan to get a message out once they get over there. To get on board the ship, they need to get there very precisely. Salver's the one who has to get onto the ship first. She makes her way through the asteroids and gets onto the ship. Then everyone follows, but Hugo's suit malfunctions and he overshoots it. No time for morning, gotta head to the airlock. On the maiden moon, Brother Day is not happy Demersal knelt with Halima, making him look bad. She says her programming wouldn't have allowed it if it went against him. But her little speech has made the woman the front runner to be Proxima. Out in the desert, people are being cared for after taking part in the spiral, a ritual where they walk out in the burning sun for a really long time. It turns out Demersal had done it many years ago. Day calls Halima out, saying she was able to get him down there, so what does she want? She tells him she wants him to end the whole cloning thing. He says he'll add in a security ship on top of the water plant, but she's not asking for that. His soullessness will be the end of them all. To say he's completely stunned is an understatement. The gang on the Invictus need to stay a certain distance apart from each other or the ship will realize something's up. Sure enough, they get too close to one another and the ship shoots at them. The commander needs to open the outer door for it to stop. After they all get inside, Farrah kills him. Eh, don't need him anymore. As they move through the bodies of the crew still there, however many centuries later, the Huntress handcuffs Salver, you know, just in case. They're able to get the atmosphere and gravity working, then they head to the bridge. Lewis notices the lights are pulsing at shorter intervals. They figure out the ship had just jumped in recently. It just does it on its own now, leaving the crew helpless. They have four hours to figure out how to fix it before it jumps again. Day and Demersal try to figure out how to deal with Halima's threat or exhortation. Take your pick. He goes down to the temple and shows everyone that he that is soulless can attain growth. He will walk the great spiral. Then he'll find out who's right and who's wrong. On Trantor, Dawn is staring at Azura again. Creepy, dude. She leaves him a message in a rose bush and he meets her in the greenhouse. He takes off his bracelet, they take off their clothes, and they get the job done. When they're finished, she gives him colorblind corrective lenses. He says he can't wear them without everyone noticing. He then lists all the things that make him different than the other clones. It's quite a list. 
Then he shows her a big secret. It's not just the three of them that are clones. Each of them have clones of their own that are ready just in case something happens to any of them. Or if they're imperfect in any way, like he is. Azura tells him to just run away. She can get people to change his face and take out his nanobots. She wants to take him to a place called the Scar. I'm guessing it's where the tower fell. It's the only place on Trantor where people can see the outside world. Dust calls him to dinner. Well, he's late again. That's not like a Cleon. Now, remember Gal finding Harry's hologram in the docking bay? Well, we go back to that now. Selden had something implanted on Raish's knife to help trigger a recorder in his head, but it's not quite working right. He figures out Gal's not supposed to be there. She's supposed to be on Terminus. He then glitches out again before she can find out why he did it. On the Invictus, they discover a primitive fence mechanism and only Harden can turn it off. She does, and they make it to the cooling room. The Foundationists try to attack, but they get foiled and they lose one of their members. Farrah wants to kill Salver, but she's reminded that they still need her to take the ship to Trantor. Back on the escape ship, since Harry phased out, the life support system shut down, leaving Gal to almost suffocate. Suddenly, everything turns back on. Harry's embodiment is working again. He tells her the Foundation didn't need a man to lead it, but a myth. So he figured he'd give them one. He explains he had a disease that would have taken his cognitive functions away, so he had to maintain them as they were at that moment. Rachel knew of the whole plan, but Gal messed things up by seeing what was going on. Harry had everything figured out, but they wouldn't be together. When it became clear Rache wouldn't do that, he came up with the murder idea. She's upset she was used, but he says it was clear she wanted a different kind of life when she left her homeworld. She counters he could have gotten what he wanted by letting Cleon just kill him, but he still wanted to live. She then realizes she had a premonition and knew Harry was going to die. That's why she messed up those primes. Just then a little rock breaches the hull and she puts up a guard to protect herself. Say, isn't there another person in the story who has kind of premonitions? Huh. So we get the answer to why Harry was murdered. Eh, it, it seems like it's way too convoluted and overly dramatic. I do like the addition that his memory would be going and would be nothing more than a bump on the log by the time I got to Terminus. And the idea he would be a martyr and lead by his memory is an okay point. They're really driving home the individuality aspect, you know, with what's happening to the Cleons as well as the Gal. So I'm not totally sold on the path they chose to get there. It's an interesting destination and gives the whole idea of the foundation a reason for being. Next time, Lee Pace gets to show the result of his workout regimen for a whole episode as we look for the missing piece. Please hit the subscribe button if you like what you're hearing. I'm John Hartra. Thanks for listening.